I am very thankful for my friend who wants to remain anonymous for sharing her own eating disorder journey. Hey friends, hope you're feeling awesome today. I would like to share with you my story of coping with bulimia. Here it goes. Bulimia is a hidden disease. You can't let anyone else see it because it is covered in shame. It takes a lot of self-awareness and courage to admit and address it. My relationship with food was not a joyful one until recently. I suffered with bulimia for 15 years. Let me say that again because I can't even believe it. 15 years. So how did I end up here? What was wrong with me? When you have an eating disorder, you often ask yourself this question. And for me, there were two reasons. Number one, I didn't know how to cope with overwhelming emotions and turn to food to numb those. And number two, because I wanted to have the perfect body, slim, and I was restricting a lot of group, uh, of, of group foods. I couldn't have cake because it had X amount of calories leading to me getting fat. And the problem was that if I had one bite, thinking I might enjoy just that bite, everything was ruined. I would have the whole portion and continue with whatever was available in the fridge or even run to the store if I felt I did not have enough diversity. Binging and purging would help me break food restrictions for a short time while also keeping a low caloric intake. It was awful. I felt awful. Bulimia stole years of my life. I would feel anxious around food and a fraud around the others. I was ashamed. So how did I recover? Number one. I connected with my inner self. I listened and I felt. And most importantly, I gently switched from the negative talk, like you're no good, you're not enough, etc., to um, us to a friend speech. And number two, I searched for professional health, uh, professional uh, support in the form of therapy. My therapist helped me identify my emotions, differentiate those. Um, for example, are you craving for connection or are you craving for a cookie? She also helped me ease the rules around food. Was it easy? Nope, <laughs> absolutely not. I gained some weight, and for a perfectionist like me, that was hard to accept. But today I'm happy, free, and balanced. I have so much more energy and am naturally craving for rich, dense nutrient foods like, let's say, banana peanut butter instead of cake. To wrap it up... Um, I would like to give you with some advice, advice that I often think about in, form, in the form of 
what would I say to my younger self? And here it is, three bullet points. One, tune in with your emotions. Two, no restrictions around food. Rebalancing eating, eating habits takes time. And number three, be gentle with yourself. You did not fail. You are just one bite away from turning back on track. That's it, friends. Hope you find this valuable. Cheers. Welcome to the practice of health with me, Charlie Tunmore, where I share my honest journey to become a health coach and I empower you to take ownership of your own health. I explore all areas of holistic health, nutrition, movement, sleep, thinking, hydration, breathing, and much more. I am currently studying the Institute for Integrated Nutrition Health Coach Program. I manage a yoga studio in London, and I'm a jiu-jitsu purple belt. Hi everyone, I hope you're all well. For some of us in lockdown, things are slowly starting to change. I've started to go back to work at the yoga studio I manage so that with the rest of the team, we can get everything ready for when things finally open in May. I now have three videos on Instagram, at Charlie Tunmore, of me performing various bodyweight movements that can be practiced to improve your strength and mobility. With all the movements, you can modify them to change difficulty, and most of them can be done with no equipment. Have a look, maybe add some of the movements to your exercise routine, and if you're looking to improve your strength and ability, send me a message and I can give you some more resources. This is episode 17, Eating Disorders. This week on the Institute for Integrated Nutrition Programme, I learned about eating disorders and how to distinguish between healthy eating and overly restricted diet. There are three main clinically recognised eating disorders. Firstly, anorexia nervosa. This is characterised by weight loss, significant restriction of food and extreme fear of putting on weight. Individuals suffering from anorexia typically have a distorted concept of body image. This condition is more common in women than men and young girls are disproportionately affected. Secondly, bulimia nervosa. This is defined by cycles of binge eating, which is consuming a large number of calories in a short amount of time and then purging, often through self-induced vomiting, laxatives or diet pills. Individuals suffering from this condition are preoccupied by body image. Thirdly, other specified feeding and eating disorders. This diagnosis may include a combination of symptoms, including binging and purging, food restriction, and excessive eating at night. Individuals suffering from this condition have a clinically recognized eating disorder, but don't quite fit into the criteria of anorexia or bulimia. One of the other specified feeding and eating disorders that I want to talk about today is orthorexia nervosa. The person who coined the term described it as 
What starts as a devotion to healthy eating can evolve into a pattern of incredibly strict diets. Victims become so focused on eating a pure diet that planning and preparation of food come to play the dominant role in their lives. Choosing healthy choices is about leading a healthy life, but it can become an obsession whereby you miss out on experiences and feel guilt, self-loathing or social isolation as a result. This is especially the case if you believe that your health comes from just what is on your plate and not thinking about your health holistically. People with orthorexia may judge others who don't eat the way they do or may refuse to socialise with others who don't eat the same way as them. They may also punish themselves when they've eaten some unhealthy food by not eating or restricting their diet the following day. Why do people become orthorexic? Well, it can come about from a single very traumatic event, such as a loved one dying suddenly due to poor food choices. Orthorexia is also triggered by need for complete control or using food as a way to shape their identity. I also want to speak about binge eating disorders as it is the most common eating disorder. It can be defined as a lack of control over eating in a short period of time. It is similar to bulimia, but there is no purging after eating. Most binge eaters are overweight or obese, although some are not. Binge eating is associated with at least three of the following. Eating more rapidly than normal. Eating until feeling uncomfortably full. Eating large amounts of food when not hungry secretive eating, feeling disgusted, depressed or guilty after binge eating, and it occurs on average one day per week for at least three months. Now, eating disorders don't happen by themselves. They're complex illnesses with close connections to substance abuse, trauma, obesity and other mental health conditions. There can be a genetic component to it, and food can become a soothing mechanism during stressful times. So what can we do? Well, eating disorders often need to be addressed with the help of a multidisciplinary clinical team, including a doctor, registered dietitian, and a licensed therapist. As a health coach, it is my role to understand and recognize unhealthy eating patterns. This will allow me to make a proper referral to help my clients start the recovery process. Shaming someone into change, especially around eating disorders, on the most part does not work and often makes the situation worse. A more sustainable option is to first listen to what they're going through and then empower the person to understand what they can do on a daily basis to affect change. Recovery from binge eating, for example, is not about never overeating again, nor is it the purpose to lose weight, although this may occur. The work is to recognize when the eating disorder presents itself, why it does so, and have the resources available to address it, and when possible over time, heal the trigger and create a healthy relationship with food and the body. I am starting to become more conscious of the words I use around food. So rather than saying that certain foods are forbidden, I now coach people on the principle that there are some foods that should be eaten most of the time, some foods that should be eaten sometimes, and some foods that should be eaten rarely. It is worth noting that these foods will sometimes change person to person. My health practices for you are Janine Roth, 
the author of many books on eating disorders, promotes seven eating guidelines for a better relationship with food. Eat when you are hungry. Eat sitting down in a calm environment. This does not include the car. Eat without distractions. This includes phone, laptop, TV, books and intense music. Eat what your body wants. Eat until you are satisfied. Eat with the intention of being in full view of others. And lastly, eat with enjoyment and pleasure. Which of the guidelines do you already do? Which of them do you struggle with? And which of them do you want to implement into your life? If you have any questions, or if you want to know more about my health coaching, you can contact me at charlietunmore at gmail.com. That's T-U-N-M-O-R-E. I am not a doctor, so please do not substitute this information for medical advice. Thank you for listening. Please write a review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with friends and family to empower them to take ownership over their own health. Health is a practice, not an idea.